Hi, it's me, Jack, back on Tech Talk, and we have a guy that's actually been on a, well, he's a radio presenter, so 35 years in the business, mm. and we're going to talk about some of the tech behind the radio, because that's obviously something I've never covered before. What would you like to know? Yeah, so obviously I'm going to, well, let's talk about a bit a little bit of history on you. So what, okay. how, how you got into radio and why you got into radio? Okay, how did I get into radio? A pure accident, actually. Uh, from the fact of uh, going to a radio station. Well, no, it started. How did it start? I know how it did start. Dad had a brand new car. I started playing with the brand new digital radio. I was finding all these radio stations thinking, oh, this is fascinating, isn't it? Then uh, when we used to go away uh, caravanning, for instance... Uh, so there was more radio stations to listen to because you were in a new part of the country. So, and then eventually uh, I was at school and uh, a teacher said to me, you need to do a project about something. And I was like, oh, I don't know, really, you know, what, what have you been up to at the weekend? And I was thinking back to the weekend, not to embarrass myself too much, playing with a radio, basically, a digital radio. I was thinking, oh, that could be interesting, doing digital radio and how radio works, et cetera, et cetera. Then we went away again for another weekend. This was back in about 1980, 1983, I would say. And uh, we were visiting... Uh, the Mumbles at the time in South Wales. And uh, there was a radio station there called um, Swansea Sound at the time. And I remember saying to mum, oh, look, it's Swansea Sound and whatever. Oh, okay. I suppose you'd like to go in there, says mum. And I went, well, you know, I'm sure sure I won't be able to do anything or whatever. So uh, I kind of, they went, Okay, well, let's go out for the day, blah, blah, blah. And perhaps when we're going past again, you know, you could see, you know, perhaps, you know, if we go past on Sunday, you could go in there because it was a bank holiday weekend, if I remember rightly. So I came to that Sunday, drove past the radio station. I went, oh, you didn't stop. So I I said, okay. And Dad said, oh, we'll we'll, we'll do it in a minute. We'll just go do a little bit of shopping and then we'll drive back and whatever. So it was a Sunday afternoon, I think it was. It was about past one in the afternoon or whatever. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of a shy little boy there who was about, oh, how old would I have been? Ooh, 12, 13 years of age. I was like, mm, okay. So I plucked up the courage. I went into the reception area thinking I'll get nowhere here. I went, oh, I've been listening to you on holiday, blah, blah, blah. I'd love to see what the studio looks like and all this kind of thing. They were like, hold on a minute, and stuff like that. So they buzzed through to the studio. And uh, a guy called Mark James was on the air, I think I remember rightly. And uh, Mark buzzed back and went, oh, yeah, bring him in. Yeah, you know, I'll show him the studio and all this kind of stuff. And there I was, kind of waiting reception like a little little boy there going, (laughs) hearing the radio station going, I wonder what the studio looks like. And then the receptionist goes to me, oh, Mark's, you know, said uh, you can come in and see the studio or whatever and have a sit down and whatever. So I was like, oh, great, fantastic. So I walked into the studio and, uh, oh, 
it was incredible. You know, it was obviously back in those days, things weren't digital and all that. It was all analog, analog and all that kind of stuff. That's so a big equipment. Yeah. Everything was so big and massive. Reel-to-reel tapes here, cartridges here, a big studio clock. I just saw Swansea side. It had the frequencies, 257 meters, 1170 kilohertz and 95.1, you know, where they read it out just before the news. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. So I sat in there and, you know, I was just blown away. I was just like, oh, you know, when you get, when you get people like, you know, big kid in a sweet shop, but I was in a radio station. I was like, so I sat there and Mark was chatting away to me and all this kind of stuff. Was he actually on air when he was talking to you? Um, No, this was all off air, thank heavens. And then... I suppose about quarter to three or whatever, there's an announcement on the radio that, you know, I was literally standing, uh, sat there next to him and he's going, oh, I'd like to say hello to uh, Roger, who's in the studio with us today, who's visiting us here in the Mumbles. And uh, he would like to say hello to his mum and dad who are sat in the car or whatever. Sorry, I won't keep him much longer. <laughs> mistake because you know I was sat in there for about two and a half hours mum and dad luckily mum had had her knitting and dad was listening to the radio of Swansea Sound at the time and I think that's what got my bug basically seeing all these big dials in the studio uh, a presenter I don't think I had any kind of interest of doing the radio thing then yeah. sort of thing I was just blown away that somebody had let me sit in a studio where he was live on air for instance and just taking it all in so I went away from that experience where I carried on playing with the radio and all this kind of things and then doing the radio project at school and then I think it was about 1984-ish uh, granddad said to me, well, you know, there's hospital radio. Why don't you join hospital radio? I was like, no, I don't want to do that and all this kind of stuff. And I thought about it for a few months, I think it was. And then mum and dad said to me, well, you should do, you know, do hospital radio, you know. So I wrote to them, um, you know, and I was probably about 14, 15 kind of time. And um, didn't, they, you, didn't you ever practice? What? If, like being a presenter? No, no, no. Because yeah. I, I, I kind of... I think I went back from there where I was kind of talking to myself a little bit. I used to produce radio shows and all that kind of stuff because I was thinking what Mark did in the studio. I could do that. I could recreate that in my bedroom. So I had about three or four tape recorders there with, uh, you know, all these compilation tapes with uh, music on, for instance. I I remember the first, I used to do a three hour radio show to myself, you know, and then it became a four hour radio show on a Sunday for instance, nine till one, Radio West with Roger Noble, basically. Or no, it was Mini Ha Ha. That's what I used to call myself uh, back in the day because I thought everyone had to have a stage name at the time. So, so I called myself Mini Ha Ha. I used to, because I, uh, I lived in a house with mum and dad, uh, I had the small bedroom, for instance, but my room was the fire escape window. So I used to open that fire escape window <laughs> and basically play the music really loud whatever i used to just use the volume control on the tape top of the tape machine for instance for like my levels and all that kind of stuff i didn't even have a microphone at the time to to go through an amplifier or speakers like that because i wasn't advanced like that i didn't have the technology to do that so i had all these tape machines with uh, music on, adverts that i used to tape off the radio off the local commercial radio station in bristol for instance and then kind of 
just did it sort of thing every Sunday. I used to every Saturday prepare the show. You know, I knew what. Did songs your mum listen? Well, no if choice. She, if she could, if she could hear it, yes, and all this kind of stuff. And Dad was doing something down in the caravan below, sort of thing. You know, tinkering with something because my dad was always tinkering with things in the caravan and then the camper van, for instance. Well, that's another story entirely. Uh, so we, I used to do the show there, and then the weekends that we used to go away in the caravan, for instance, Roger used to take all his three tape machines with him, for instance, have all these blank cassettes. Remember cassettes back? Yeah. Yeah, remember those? Yeah, tapes, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I the, I think the cassette shop in Bristol, which was uh, situated behind the Hippodrome, uh, had all these computerized tapes. Because you remember when the, the cassettes had computerized things, they used to do like C15 tapes. Remember those? No, I remember the normal cassette tapes, but yeah, yeah no. There was C15 and there was C30s, 60s. Oh, was that the speed of them? Yeah, uh, how, how much how you long, record onto it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. yeah, so, yeah. so it was seven and a half minutes on one side, seven and a half minutes. So I bought loads of these, but these were all for computer games at the time, but they were useful for me because... I used to just put one jingle on there, for instance, like the cartridges machines that I saw in the studio when I went to Swansea Sound, for instance, thinking, oh, this is great. How can I work out a way of just making it so... Because the cartridge machines back in the day of, like in the studio, for instance, you play them, as soon as they play it, you put... uh, As soon as you record on that, you'd put the 30-second piece or however long it was, and then you'd put a silent tone on it, and that silent tone would uh, put it into fast forward and rewind it and put it back to the beginning of the cassette. Oh. So that was early technology with cartridge machines in the studio, for instance. But I wanted to create that with my cassette. But I, what I used to do is, as soon as you press record on the tape machine at the time, this was... Oh, yeah, two buttons, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, two, the two buttons there. Straight away record there, because then if you rewind it straight away, I just have to press rewind because I didn't have the facility of uh, being able to kind of make it automatically rewind. So, you know, you press your 30 seconds or whatever, and then if you put it right at the beginning, so if you rewind it, you know it'll start straight away when you put it in the machine, for instance. So that was me geeking around then, I suppose, back in the day, if I think about it very carefully. Um, Do you still have any of your tapes? Hmm? Do you still have any of your tapes? I still have loads of hundreds of tapes. I have a suitcase at my new place at the moment, which has loads and loads of tapes. So there's geeky stuff on there from about... You need to get one MP3. Yeah, have some fun with that. Uh, this is this is the thing. I have hundreds and hundreds of tapes of, sadly, me, of all oh, my broadcasting career, for instance, where people have said to me, "Oh, you should put those on MP3 and all this kind." Of, I just don't have the time. Do you know when I was in school, I uh, saw love letters sent to me from girls, and I used right. to write them back, and then I decided to use a tape to record my voices with right. those messages on it, right. hand it to the, uh, the the girl, and she'll do the same record on the other side, and I can play it back. So get doing that. So I still have those tapes. Well, back in the day, we used to uh, create uh, love compilation tapes, didn't we? Mm. Uh, for that special girl, because Jack or Roger had created that tape for that special person at the end of the day. Favourite uh, tracks. I've done, I've done that a couple of times and I did it also for my mate. He used to, say, he used to get me to write his love letters for him and then um, make out he wrote those. Mm. Um and then he'll rewrite out in his own handwriting. Then the girls used to come back to me and said, "Oh, tell Nathan that was a really nice love letter." I thought, "Yeah, I did the word, did the trick." 
You know, there's, there's, I expect there's a Rogers mixtape volume six. It'll be interesting to actually you listen to yourself back at that time. And oh. I, I, I'm going to record, get mine recorded on MP3 to see what my voice was. I think I started when I was about 10. See what a 10 year old of me sounds like. So, what uh, did you want to do, kind of radio? No, not, not really. I've, I was more out, always out go karting, you know, football, you know, sporty. Chasing the girls, writing love letters for my friends, you know. So that was more my real. I was I didn't get into music until really, really late, probably around say fourteen and fifteen. Right. I wasn't really listening to music, but then I start. Then my mate used to he was into Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. so I started listening to Michael Jackson with him. We used to go. We used to sort of hang around quite a bit. Uh, lunchtime, um, used to have, eat around his house or tea time and stuff. So I got more into music because he was, and then I saw the Smash It magazine. The, the other magazine called Number One. Yeah. Um. I used to write to pen friends in there, and I even actually got Reader of the Week in there as well. It was quite cool. Reader <laughs> of the Week. I was in Number One years and years ago. I don't know what year that was. That was yeah. a long, long time. It's amazing, isn't it? If you think about what, how technology's moved on. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to do this similar thing to like video because I'm um, making my own video mixtapes right. and, and trying to do special things and stuff in them. So I messed around with that with my mate for a bit as well. So I have did a bit of editing back then for video you see i've never had that passion to be uh, you know a video and all that kind of stuff it was always the medium of radio because it's creating pictures in people's minds that's yeah. what i always like doing and stuff like that because i remember a year i brought um atari st mm-hmm. then they brought a digitizer out for that so you can actually then record your voice onto it mm-hmm. so that's the first sort of digital way of doing it had some fun with that uh, I remember mate said um, he was a bit older than me. Um, but he was going out with a girl sort of my age, um, and he was saying like she's gone babysitting. So Dan's you're bored. I don't want to go babysitting. So like, okay, and I sort of show him what I had, and he says, "Oh, can we do something funny?" I said, what do you want to do? We used to always do something really crazy. Um, so he said, "Why can't we record our voice? Play it back slowly if you can do that." And we played down the phone to him. I thought. Okay, so put on there saying, hi, girlies, we're watching you, ha, ha, ha. Slowed it down, so it's like really deep and scary. <laughs> so here f- we'll, we'll phone up and play it and hang up. And then she then she phoned, she was trying to tra- trace him down. Then she ended up phoning my house. Is uh, yeah, Jason there? I said, yeah, he's here. He's on the phone. He's trying to keep a straight face. So am I. Oh, we're really, really scared. You can, can you come around? Can you come around? Can you both of you come around? And babysit with me until the, the aliens come back. Because there's someone outside that's actually watching us. And they made a call and, and they said it. And we was... It was really hard trying not to laugh. It was pissing ourselves. Really were. So we ended up going around and babysitting with him until she finished her job. You know, it was so funny. But we didn't tell her because I know she'll be really, really upset. I think anybody would. Mm-hmm. And then I think about two years passed. And then we got into a conversation. I said, oh, yeah, we, we did that course. And like, she stopped talking for about a year. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't good, was it, really? No, no, no. But that was fun. We played different sounds then. Oh, dear. So, yeah, that's how I got the bug. Basically, I did join Hospital Radio. Uh, how long you was there for? Oh, probably about five five years or so. So what sort of equipment did they have? Oh, dear me, it was awful. <laughs> awful. Because um, obviously we're talking about 1985-ish then. For instance, it was big reel-to-reel tapes um, and also... Um, the little cartridge machine things that they had as well. but So the reel-to-reel tape, was that where the music was play, playing from? No, all the all the music that we played on hospital radio back in those days, for instance, was on vinyl. 
Okay, all oh, the vinyl, yeah. yeah that's coming know, back. You know, when uh, you you'd uh, you, you put, put the a needle, needle on, and then you do a quarter of a turn back. You heard that scenario? No, no. Okay, the quarters are turned backwards. But so you are presenting your radio show. You press a button on the desk, for instance, and if you just put it where it is, obviously it go. Okay. You know, so you put that quarter of a turn back, and instantly it will start there. Okay. You wouldn't get the winding up of the. Um, what's the what's the word that I'm looking for? The gears underneath, for instance, to get this Up to started. Speed. So what you used to do when I joined my first radio station, for instance, it was choosing all the vinyl, for instance, for the presenter. And every record that he played, you would put a quarter of a turn back from the start so you wouldn't get the... Ooh. Okay. So yeah. you have a whole pile of, uh, pile of vinyl mm-hmm. and just swap them around. Did yeah. you have like a couple of record decks that you can flick between? There was two record decks in the studio at the time, for instance. Well, sometimes uh, radio stations had three just in case those two players uh, didn't work kind of thing. So, then the, you know, record players back in a radio studio was quite common. You know, there was none of this computerized technology which took over afterwards. So, yeah, it was the, it was the, uh, the record decks, for instance. Uh, the cartridge machines that played all your adverts and jingles, for instance, if you were in commercial radio, well, BBC were using it at the time as well, what they called trails back in the day, uh, which they still just use that word now. Um, and then uh, you'd have your microphones in the studio with the BBC, for instance, your faders go up, don't they, on your little yep. mixing desk there. Back in the olden days of the BBC, the faders used to have to go down to open them. Okay. It was really odd. The BBC, all their faders went down, commercial radios, all the faders went up, for instance. It was a really strange scenario back in the day, if, yeah. if I remember rightly. But they were big, clunky desks, for instance. There's a radio station that I now kind of have done bits recently till kind of late last year, for instance, the early part of this year, 2020. And um, it was a really old-fashioned mixing desk, for instance, but it was massive and, you know, if you were to lift this mixing desk then, it would have been so heavy. You'd have, you would have had to get about six or people to lift this mixing desk out because it was so big and clunky. But nowadays, mixing desk, as you sit in front of your mixing desk, there is quite small and compact or whatever because everything is there, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's all digital. And I suppose if you look at the old analogs, the amount of cables coming out the back of it would be mad. Oh, dear. You know, I'm thinking of Sunshine up in Ludlow, for instance, in Shropshire, where I did the work. Um, the amount of cables coming out of that desk is unbelievable. I love going there because it's proper old school. But, you know, hello to Nick if you're listening to the podcast. I have to point this out to him. Uh, but he could talk about the geekiness of this Air 2000, Air 2000 desk, I think it was, um, you know, and I said, where did, where did they pick up this mixing desk? Because the, the people that run this group of radio stations, Sunshine, are the Murfins, basically. Muff Murfin is uh, quite well known in the radio trade for uh, producing jingles back in the day for radio stations and adverts and all that kind of stuff. And him and his wife run a group of radio stations in Hereford and uh, Monmouthshire and... Um, uh, up in uh, Ludlow, for instance. So two separate radio stations. But one in Ludlow, for instance, 
takes you back to proper old school radio, for instance. I said, Nick, what's wrong with that studio? And oh, there's a nasty hum on the desk, for instance. You wouldn't get that <laughs> nowadays and all that kind of stuff with digital technology. And I said, why have we still got that studio? He said, well, once bits fall off this one in here, for instance, I can get it from the other studio because most of those bits work in that other studio, but we can't use it because of the hum on, on the studio yeah. or whatever. So there's proper old school there and you know uh, moving up a stage from uh using vinyl for instance you've got computer technology now that plays all your jingles so, so all, all the jingles on the hard drive now yeah all the jingles adverts all your music for instance and recorded segments are all put on a computer now in the studio for so how, does a, how does a radio station get their latest music is it licensed so they download it from a, like an app or something on the on the computer? Radio stations now get their music from the record reps. For instance, um, I could show you on my phone, for instance, where they send MP3s across to you nowadays. Uh, the days of, you know, when I started in radio, for instance, um, you... <laughs> you'd have all these record reps coming around radio stations and saying, hey, I've got the new song from Howard Jones. Would you like to play it? You know, would you like to hear it or whatever? And uh, they would, first of all, back in the day, give you a vinyl copy of this, for instance. I was like, oh. And then then we moved into the technology of CDs, for yeah. instance, the CD singles. Uh, so record reps would, you know, have big estate cars. If you knew... An estate car was arriving in a radio station. You knew that was a record rep coming in okay. with tons and tons so of it's, CDs. It's, it's a bit like the the snap on for car mechanics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was that scenario. So you you, you go oh. Can I, oh, I've listened to the new Howard Jones song, new song from such and such, blah blah blah, and you'd end up with about ooh, six or seven. Uh, new songs from this uh, new these new artists or current artists that were around at the time, but that was only one record label, and you can imagine having about oh back in the day there was uh, there was loads of these record promoters and all that kind of stuff that used to come around every week, mainly the big radio stations, for instance, not the such the, the smaller radio stations. Although occasionally you get the record reps coming around to the smaller radio stations, for instance. So, for instance, uh, where we are based in Surrey, for instance, you had the Eagle. I expect some of them would come to the Eagle because it was quite a big radio station. UKRD was quite well respected in the region, for instance, and representing, they knew, the record reps knew that their stuff would get on because they were seen, because nowadays radio stations are all formed with groups, so they know what sort of music that tailors that radio station there, etc., etc. so, you know, you wouldn't give... More funnel down. Yeah, so. exactly. So, uh, CDs were given then, um, and now, nowadays, computerized systems are in the studio, so you'd download them from certain websites, for instance, and uh, you just press a couple of buttons, you know, and automatically it would find its way into the playout system. Okay. You know, if they chose to choose that song for their playlist, for instance. So has the equipment in the radio station shrunk a lot now? Oh, hell of a lot. So did you still have that big mix index or was that, that all now shrunk? That's well, that shrunk a lot because what we what you find nowadays uh, with mixing desks, 
um, say you got your, you've got your mic channels there, for instance, so three or four mic channels, and then the rest of the channels are fairly generic, uh, where you can assign things to different channels, for instance, you know, so if you want to, usually on a playout system, uh, there's various playout systems on the market nowadays, so you get three kind of channels for that, three or four channels. The fourth channel used to be like the uh, channel where you could uh, pre-fade stuff and listen to it off air, for instance, uh, without everyone else hearing it at the same time. So, you know, you're playing one song on the radio, for instance, and then you pre-fade the fourth fader and then that would be what's on coming up next for instance oh, things sort of get that ready for yeah, yeah you know if you had to do like an introduction to that song or whatever or listen to the intro how long uh, they start singing uh, before they start singing for instance so it's like with computer technology you can put like you uh, put like say an 18 second intro you know what I mean by that don't yeah, you yeah. where that singing blah 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 there they start singing for instance so you could put 18 seconds you could put that on the computer screen 18 second intro so that would mean the 18 seconds the jock can go hi welcome along and all that kind of stuff so and then you wouldn't crash into the vocal of the song for instance okay so there's all that um plus also um, all that information in that computer, for instance, you'd, uh, you nowadays all like the publisher and the artist and all that kind of stuff goes directly off to PRS and forms a, a report, which you send off every so often to PRS PPL, for instance, and then that would automatically say, Oh, they've played. I don't know the new. Oh, song. so that's how they get the statistics, statistics of what's yeah, yeah. Uh, what's been listened to. Okay. So, yeah, however many times it gets played on the air, it usually gives you a certain amount of duration because if you are listening to the radio station, you don't want that being clocked. If you're just listening to the intro over and over again, for instance. Um, so, I think it's anything over a minute or something like that that gets logged by. PRS and PPL, for instance, or on this report that you send off to them, for instance. I think nowadays, uh, the likes of Global and Bauer, for instance, they probably got a direct kind of thing where they know that the new song from Jason Deluro, for instance, has been played by them 60 times this week, for instance, because if you certain websites tell you how many plays have been paid by certain artists, for instance, you know, I can call upon... Uh, compare my radio.com, I think it is, where you look of thinking, oh, Capital played that song a lot of the times. Well, for instance, they played that 74 times in a week. Now, that's not a lot really compared with some radio stations, for instance. Some radio stations uh, nowadays, because you've got computerized technology and you've got things that create playlists, for instance, back in the day, it was kind of, oh, what should we play next? You know, oh yeah, give me the new song from Dollar, for instance. I'll play that one. But nowadays, it's because it's all computerized technology, and somebody's there uh, crafting out the radio station with artists. You know, you get the artist separation. This is what you can do with computerized technology. You can, uh, you know, not have too many females in a row, for instance, or ballads in a row, or uh, you you want songs that are going to finish dead sort of thing, you know, uh, instead of fading out, for instance. There's a lot goes on behind choosing what to play. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of the radio stations that you hear nowadays, none of that music's chosen for 
for these presenters. How does radio get to know how many listeners they've got listening? Oh, that's an interesting... get that a lot coming up. How do they work that one out? That's an interesting scenario. It's very, very bad technology, to be fair with you. Um, I think it works in a case of certain people say, where are we? Which What postcode are we in now? Uh, GU15. GU15, for instance, if the Eagle was still taking place now, for instance, they would go, all right, we're going to, in the next RAJAR, this is what they call it, RAJAR, don't ask me what the words stand for because I can't remember now, uh, but um, the people in the GU15 uh, target are, are basically given a certain amount of diaries. 300 people will be given a diary in this area. Okay. And say Jack was given one of these diaries, you would have to tell us what radio habits you are doing at what time of the day, for instance. And that is collated over three months of your information. And then that is sent off to Raja. And then a poor proportion of that is all calculated into the population of the GU15 population. And that's how many listeners that you get. It's a, it's a very poor way of doing it because one day Jack could say, oh dear, I've gone and forgot to do my listening habits for the day, for instance, and then you scribble something. Down. Not very accurate, is it? I remember quite a few years ago, um, t- a TV company got in touch with us and said, do you want to be one of these people that, that will um, make the making up what people are watching? Yeah. So they put a, a special box in that, attaching to your satellite TV yeah. and your your DVD player. So everything you had around, even they still do it these they still do it now. So they, they can actually plug in PS4s, uh, Xboxes. It plugs into this device. This device records what you're doing. And every house person in the household has a assigned number on the controller. So when they come down and watch T V, they can press a button. And they do it on multiple devices now around the house. So they can actually collect like you're saying, your habits, your watching habits, playing habits. They can build statistics up on how much gaming time you play, how much TV you're watching, or if you're watching a TV program, how long you watch that for, whether you watch the whole episode or half the episode. So it collects all this data. So when someone else comes in the room, they log in with their button, so then that shows two viewers watching the same sort of thing. Um, and you got you got paid for doing that. They paid you in vouchers. So your vouchers will add up. That could turn into a voucher you can spend at a shop. Mm. And you get good money. You get good money for that. But every household was rough, roughly representing about six hundred households. Yeah. So I think, well, how's that then? Because your neighbours yeah. might have a different view. But the same sort of system yeah. with with the radio, with a diary yeah. of your radio habits for the three months or whatever. Yeah, it's really how they collect all the data. Really and also, if you go to a bad postcode area, <laughs> it brings your figures down oh, completely. It's the same with car insurance, isn't it? <laughs> So if you know certain areas, this is when radio stations, for instance, if they're doing promotions, perhaps I shouldn't be saying this, when radio stations do promotions, they target certain postcode areas because they know that postcode area isn't listening very much to their radio station, for instance. So they go, hmm, GU13, for instance, um, doesn't listen to us a lot, whatever. Let's target that area there let's do the promotions let's do the thousand pounds on your doorstep in that area oh suddenly the figures go up in that area interesting actually yeah, secret there, there you secret are. Tip. <laughs> so talking about, talking about technology now so what do you need to get out on a radio signal because i like for it's an eagle 96.4 mm-hmm. so it's obviously a radio signal 
So what hardware and equipment do you need to be able to well, air out on that channel? Um, it's all done through uh, kind of the racks and the servers, for instance, that you're probably familiar with, for instance. And then it's, you know, sometimes can be line of sight from uh, like the, the radio station where they've got... Um, an aerial on top oh, of so it. a physical area to have on top. A physical area to the transmitter, for instance, which you don't see and all this kind of stuff. Or kind of glorified telef- telephone lines, for instance, <laughs> okay. which is, it sends your signal to various things. Um, for instance, DAB. So you're saying, when you're saying like an aerial on top of the building going to the transmitter, is the transmitter the big area that collects all the signals that then takes it everywhere else? Y- yes, I'm not for. <laughs> So, so, so it's not like um, let's say it's not like a CB aerial. Let's go for instance, car CB aerial. So, for instance, the old, the old, the old way. You had an aerial that you transmit your signal, so anybody nearby could pick it up. So, it's not that type of thing, is it? The, it used to, well, not that as such. No, it used to be kind of uh, bigger, bigger kind of aerials. But nowadays, it's kind of all done by you know, like broadband and. Okay. Uh, ISDN lines, for instance, there there where you pump the um, source from the radio station to the transmitter via that or whatever, then the transmitter transmits it, transmits it oh, to okay, everyone. Yeah. So the there's a big aerial over in Croydon somewhere. It's on the high up. On I know it's quite high, set up quite high up because I know a lot of TV transmits off of that. So they they sort of maybe have uh, a section on that aerial that's broadcast right out. For instance, I know because I go past it quite a bit when I go back to, uh, back home to Bristol, for instance, when, you know, the memory transmitter on the, you know, because it's right in the service station uh, there. And that is a very tall mask or whatever, because you've got the likes of Vodafone and all your mobile companies yeah. on there, for instance, but also some um, national um, channels are on there like Radio 1 for instance the BBC I should say not Radio 1 for instance BBC and commercial outfits can go on there and that's what you pay for to be on these great big masks at the end of the day okay so that, that then delivers it everywhere else because I mean radio you go you drive around and it's always in good signal wherever you go because with DAB which is the technology now which is taking over obviously FM for instance you get certain masks in the area that are DAB related, whatever, because if you were in this area, for instance, the Surrey and such and such mucks, for instance, there'd be three kind of sites, three or four sites. There might be, I don't know. I couldn't tell you exactly, but you'd be on that kind of area, on that mask, but you just come as one multiplex at the end of the day. So I'm not really up on that technology, so... (laughs) So you also get a box in your radio station, you just plug into where your signal will go through. Yeah, and then that appears as a thing because, uh, for instance, the last radio station I was involved in, for instance, uh, we they said, oh, you'll be on it one minute past midnight, for instance, when when you launch, for instance, one minute past midnight because it was automatically programmed in at the MUX, for instance. There it appeared. Okay. So then that, that was your... Your signal channel for yeah. where we want to do across it. Yeah, oh, interesting stuff. It's, it's 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 you know I could I think it's a whole debate or whatever is DAB really worth its money at the moment, for instance. So if I let, let's let's talk about what it would cost, uh, not exactly just what your thoughts are on it. 
So if uh, if you, somebody wanted to set up a radio station, what would you what's what's the bare minimum cost would cost you like equipment wise, and then the rental of like obviously got to be a rental coming on the tariff. I say tariff, but you know the aerial, the mask. Um, I think you know you need a fairly good setup, but nowadays because it's all digital or whatever, you don't need these big rooms anymore. For instance, we're size of this room, you could you could have a radio studio in this room, and it but it, it you know it'd be fine. But possibly you know could be half the size of this room, for instance, because mixing desks are smaller nowadays. Yep. So you basically need enough room where you can have microphones sat around for instance three or four microphones if you were doing like a discussion radio for instance and like we do produce podcasts for instance so you'd still you'd need at least four four mics maximum i would say for kind of thing so you need those fairly spaced out together for instance uh three one side of the desk and uh one where the presenters would sit in front of the uh, the mixing board, as I would like to call it, for instance. But that, you know, that mixing desk doesn't have to be massive, for instance. You know, you could do a radio station on that mixing desk that you've got there, the Roadcaster, for instance. Yeah. Um, and then another computer sat in front of you, which has got your, uh, which is you've got your computer software on there, which is a very, uh, you know, there's loads on the market, for instance, with different playout systems, for instance. Uh, a couple of the ones that were put into the mix, you've got Enco Dad, for instance. They're a big uh, company that deals with uh, playout systems. You've got um, Myriad, Myriad System, which is another one. And also you've got um, RCS, which is, they used to be based in Guildford at one time, okay. RCS. Um, and then, uh, for instance, so those are your three ones on the market, I would say, that radio stations use, you know, the more advanced radio stations. And then you've got the likes of the internet radio stations and your community radio stations that are trying to keep their costs down, for instance, with uh, Playout One, for instance. There's Radio Boss, there's Play It Live, for instance. So if you or me was to sort out a radio station, I'd say, okay, use play out live because that's got everything that you need there it's a free program free bit of software that can be used by anyone and then you get things that you can add on to it like you'd ever do uh, you know like your voice tracking for instance and streaming out from there and all that kind of stuff so you wouldn't need a separate stream and all that kind of stuff whatever because it all built in the program for instance so going back to the studio so there's a computer that deals with all your your jingles, your adverts, your music, um, your features or whatever. That's one computer. And then you'd have just another computer to possibly do some editing on if you wanted to record some interviews on there. But then that could bank up as being a computer where you get all your information from, for instance, like, you know, your websites, you know, your information that comes into the radio stations. Because nowadays, for instance, if you had a... Uh, a phone system put into the studio you necessarily don't need kind of a phone in the studio for instance that can come through all your computer interface yeah obviously you can do it over like there's lots of different apps now that allow you to general talk over you know you know and text, li text lines for instance <laughs> you know radio stations now don't have a dedicated you know don't have a you know back in the day i remember and some radio stations still use it now which still works just as well as just have a uh, an old 
pay-as-you-go phone in the studio, for instance, to text this long number now, and you you know it appears in the studio, for instance. Yeah. But you know that nowadays can be all on a computer interface, yeah. can't it? So. What's, what's the cost of the actual the the air inside the actual tariff? Is it a license you pay for for um, actually getting it out out on the radio band? Um, well, if you if you're looking at DAB, for instance, one it depends on your transmission area. So, for instance, I don't know what the uh, size of the transmission area of the Surrey Muxes, for instance, in this area where you've got the likes of BBC Surrey and. Um, where the Eagle was appearing on at one time, which is now Greatest Hits, and all those kind of radio stations there that you've probably got in your car if you're driving around. So it's beyond the Surrey mucks. So what would be the population of Surrey, would you say? Yeah, I know Surrey Heath is nine, about 96 or 100,000. Yeah, so it's quite a smallish area for them, for instance. So your cost would be lower than, say, if you were to appear on the Berkshire mucks, for instance, because that's got... You know, it's the Berkshire, North Hampshire mucks, which, you know, the radio station that I was involved in was on. And you were looking at kind of a potential audience of 1.2 million or something or nearly 2 million audience, for instance. So there was a lot more cost involved in that. Okay. So it just depends on how you big your transmission area is going out to people, for instance, because you appear on these local muxes, for instance. But now what they're introducing is, well, they're small scale mucks which is kind of uh which is a big area in this area for instance um i was saying i'm going over to basic a uh, basingstoke for hampshire for instance so basingstoke will have a small small mucks just for the basingstoke area so that would be a lot cheaper than say being on the uh hampshire mucks okay is it, is it like an upfront payment or a monthly payment you pay you pay it monthly for instance so What's an, what's an average, just an ideal? <laughs> Can be anything from a couple of hundred quid to a couple of thousand okay, so a month. Not yet, hence why they obviously got get radio advertising. But if you notice as well, that you know, I was just going to mention this just a moment ago, the, the how it works is you send your feed from your radio station or whatever to the mucks people that are providing that area's mucks, for instance, and then they put it on their transmitter. But it's all done through streaming nowadays. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got like the 128s in this world and the 56 and the 96. This is what the problem is, I think, personally, with DAB and the, where the floor falls down. So you're probably being all in your cars, for instance, listening to radio stations, and you listen to one radio station, you go, oh, yeah, I look quite like that. You know, for instance, uh, Classic FM, Scala Radio, for, for, for instance, would be streamed in, say, 128196, because that's really crystal clear because of the genre of the music, for yeah. instance. And then you listen to another radio station. Say you listen to Heart Dance, Heart 80s, Heart 90s, for instance. That is very poor quality. So the 128, where the classic radio stations, that is 128 stereo. And then you've got the other ones that we've just mentioned are kind of 48 KB mono, for instance. So you hear the difference in the quality of the stream. Do you get okay, what I'm saying? No, I get you, yeah. So... Why do they make it so complicated? <laughs> I don't know, because... And then that's 
that incurs different costs for you, for instance. Yeah. So the quality that you're putting out, for instance, depends on how much budget that you want to spend. And you can see why a lot of radio stations have overtaken over or falling because it is obviously quite a lot of costs even just to get it broadcasted. Yeah. You know, so you have to obviously make a lot of advertising revenue to pay for it. Or we've got some people with some nice sponsors with deep pockets. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what the half the problem is with commercial radio now. And these little radio stations that go, oh yeah, I'd love to be a, a part of a radio station. It's just the cost, ladies and gentlemen. You know, because if you think about how much you have to pay a radio station, for instance, radio stations and radio presenters are cheap as chips nowadays, for instance, because they just don't, the radio stations don't have the budget for it. Because if you're thinking how much you're forking out in an average radio station, there appears, you know, I'm just thinking of one radio station in Cardiff, for instance, in the whole of South Wales, you know, you have about six or seven radio presenters. And you can imagine that they're paying them cheapest chips, for instance, you know, 30, 30 grand a year, for instance. So, the, you know, work that out a cost. So that's like 15, two grand a month, say, that you're paying one presenter. And if you've got four or five of those, there's about 10 grand in your presenters. And then you've got sales staff, for instance. So you've got three or four sales staff, or, you know. Cost definitely mounting up. You know, there's another two grand. So there's 15, 16, 16 grand. And you can, you can see why people turn more to podcasts now. But then, the, you know, that 16 grand yeah. there is just your staff, for instance. Not alone your transmission costs. Plus yeah. also you've got to you put your PRS and PPR license onto that. You're talking about 30 grand, for instance. It's a lot of money. To find every month from sales teams. This is what gets me frustrated when people go, oh yeah, you could appear on that radio station. Yes, but I'm doing it because it's my job, for instance. Yeah. I'm not doing it for a hobby. This is my job. <laughs> I get very frustrated and uptight about that kind of thing because you know i've done that all my life i don't do it for fun yeah. i do it because that's my profession at the end of the day so ladies and gentlemen pay the presenters we can't do it for nothing <laughs> that's probably why my podcast has got more more especially in lockdown 1.8 more million people listening to podcasts because then you'd have to worry about broadcasting 24 7 you don't have to worry about paying or playing music so there's no licensing fee and people just don't like the chat now don't they yeah. If you're lucky enough to be a singing songwriter, then you've got a bit of a bonus because you can sing. Exactly. You know, there's there's a, there is a, there's advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. You know, I've loved the time that I've been with you guys and doing all the podcasts because I'm given freedom of speech where I can talk about anything or whatever or go off on tangents and all that kind of stuff because nowadays you wouldn't get that with your radio. But what I do miss about the radio is that instant reaction from things and playing the music yeah hearing the new song from such and such artist or seeing something on the telly that you thinking oh like for instance the great british bake-off started this week so for instance i would have on the tuesday if i'd been on the air saying hey it's great british bake-off tonight ladies and gentlemen and watching it you know i remember they made it in welford park last last uh, last series you say, for you say it's actually on now yes Oh, we can include that in the weekly experience. There you are, see? I forgot yeah. to mention that the other day, you see. Okay. So, so, so you watch that regularly, do you? Yeah, yeah. Good. We'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, but, so, it's talking about it before it's on the telly, and then you go the next day, 
Oh, did you see the Great British Bake Off last night? Oh, God, that person. Oh, did you see that cake fall on the floor, for instance? Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So you can't, you can't get that instant reaction on a podcast. Sort of oh, thing okay, Because no. if I talk about it now, this could be, you know, a week out of date. It could I be a year out of date, et cetera, et cetera. The only way you could do it on a podcast, if you're podcasting your show every day. Yeah. You can do that, as you said. A lot of people do do that. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I, yeah. Well, probably, I could probably do it. Then you need to get a lot of like um, material for your podcast every day to do mm. that. You know, um, if you are doing research ahead of time and then if you are doing like a radio station for instance uh, my friend Scott for instance um, does the uh, Scott Meals Daily for instance but that's nothing new material that he's creating for the Scott Meals Daily because it's just bits from the radio show for instance without the music in that's okay. all it is but hey he's kind of number one kind of at Radio 1 for his podcast for instance that's because good. they produce the podcast every single day and you know what you'll get on that podcast. It's having the time, isn't it? Yeah. It, well, <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, if, if you don't do anything else and you can do it every single day, do it, for instance, because, you know, you'll get traction from people. And I think, I suppose, in a way, the podcast doesn't have to be recorded at a specific time of the day. No, exactly. Yeah. So it's a hobby to you. You can do it uh, every day, evening, when, when you finish work. Yeah. Or if you've got no work, you need a sponsor. <laughs> well that's it helps having sponsors doesn't it as oh, well definitely we'll find it out ourselves as we go along exactly <laughs> really good well it's nice having you having you chat on it and talk about the technology behind it okay any more time please feel free oh we'll definitely do an update on this because there's probably other questions um yeah if I you've think got about any more geeky yeah. questions that yeah. you would like to ask me please feel free to get in touch yeah fantastic thanks for joining us cheers cheers <laughs>